The vicious voices of the right are out in full force, and it's time for us to get up and organize against the heartless attacks on our civil rights. Start your morning diving into the headlines and issues that matter to our everyday lives, speaking with changemakers and hearing from you, our listeners. Hear your host, Zerlina Maxwell, break down the top news, push for solutions from officials who represent us, and call out the misinformation and hypocrisy that surrounds us, plus the engaging stories that keep you energized. Get your morning boost of politics, culture, and everything you need to start your day. It's always darkest before the dawn, but the dawn is here. Shining a light on the ruthless forces across the aisle and rising for a brighter future for all of us. This is Mornings with Zerlina. Welcome to Mornings with Zerlina. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. Joining us is Malcolm Nance, a counterterrorism expert, extremism expert, and author of the brand new book, They Want to Kill Americans. Thank you so much for joining today. We're so happy to have you back in the United States, safe home from Ukraine. How are you? <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm, I'm so happy that. that you are safe and, and home. Um, this book could not be more relevant to what we learned in the most recent January 6th Select Committee hearing and also what we have seen throughout the course of the Trump era, going back to Charlottesville um, and the white nationalists who marched there. Can you first start with defining insurgency for us? Because I think it's a term that we normally apply to like what we, what we saw in Iraq or in a foreign war situation. But mm-hmm. when, you, when you talk about our insurgency here, the Trump insurgency, what does right. that mean? What does that look like? Well, an insurgency can be a, generally it's a political and paramilitary campaign over a very long period of time to take the uh, fight from the halls of power out into the streets to destabilize or delegitimize a legitimate government. And in the end, to overthrow that government, either through political violence, uh, terrorism, or, or even armed rebellion. And so an insurgency is not a single thing. An insurgency is the campaign that would be carried out over time. And when I made my prediction on Bill Maher on two days after the election, on January 6, 2020, that we would not go into a period of kumbaya, that the Trump voters, the Trump uh, you know, supporters and the, and the militias and their terrorist groups would actually view this as, an, as the, the sign that they needed to rebel. They needed to have a rebellion. I told him, we are going into an insurgency like Iraq, like Afghanistan, not with, you know, on that scale of intensity, but maybe the early years of the Irish, you know, Republican rebellion, uh, where there's a political party that stands for their goals and helps facilitate their goals, which is the Republicans. And then there will be a military, paramilitary, provisional groups who will go out and execute um, the, uh, their strategy to destabilize the government. Right now, that has just kicked off. That kicked off 62 days after I made that prediction on, on January 6th. And what you had was an insurrection. An insurrection is usually occurs many or several times during an insurgency. So the insurgency is the campaign. An insurrection is an incident of rebellion that could happen more than once. So you, in, in your book, you call January 6th the start of a long-term insurgency. So the insurrection itself 
was the prelude. It was the beginning of something. Well, in fact, now that we, you know, in, in my book, you know, which was written a year ago, by the way, yeah. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> That's new, the thing about books. <laughs> it's like when my book came out in, in what, July 2020, I was like, so COVID hadn't happened when I wrote this whole thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, amazing. And so the same thing here. But what you're going to find out is everything I discussed, predicted and analyzed is now being presented by the January 6th commission, mm -hmm. but in a larger, more serious context. The January 6th commission is looking committee is just looking at that day and the things that led up to the day. And all of the things that led up to that day are in my book. All of the meetings between the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, um, the Proud Boys Oath Keepers and uh, and um, the, the uh, three percent militia who were organizing throughout all of December 2020 to bring all their collective power together in one place with the intent of doing armed rebellion. And then, of course, when you know they needed to follow the political guidelines of the political insurgency, which was Trump's campaign trying to plot to overthrow American democracy using all legal and in many cases illegal means, but all of it coming together on January 6th. And it's a fine story. It's a great story, but it's the beginning of the story. Mm -hmm. There is a future for us that could be a little bleak because none of these people, not one of them, Zelina, believes anything they did was wrong or illegal. Yeah. Even as people are going to prison, you know, it's it's their their belief in justice is that none of them should, can, or would be arrested for any of the treason and sedition that they've plotted. That's for black people, minorities, and women who want to choose what they do with their body. They, like Peter Navarro, when he was offended that he was arrested and handcuffed and put in a police car and had to be searched, well, that's not for them. And these people, I'm afraid, are very, very willing to go to guns, to inflict political violence in order to maintain that they are above the law. So this is where it gets scary. Um, and, and you've said, you've said, um, it this way you use the Titus phases um I'm not I actually wasn't familiar with this but it's deny attack avenge fear and you see what the Republican Party and the people who either participated in the insurrection or now defend what happened on that day um as going through these phases um uh as a part of this insurgency um and and that's a real threat to our democracy can you lay that out for us sure and you know I refer to all of the elements of the Trump insurgency through the title of Titus, T-I-T-U-S. And that stands for Trump insurgency in the United States. Ah. So it's a collective for all of them, from Donald Trump down to the lowest foot soldier. And if you watch them, they behave collectively. They do not do things independently, right? Except for the guy who gets occasionally frustrated and gets his gun and starts mass murdering people in mm -hmm. their name. The Titus as a body has existed since the summer of 2020. Uh, the jo George Floyd protest. This is when all the people that took part in Charlottesville, the militias, the, the Proud Boys, the neo-Nazis, the neo-Confederates, 
And then the average Trump voter who had a gun, who was coming out to the counter George Floyd protest, who joined up with them, became this collective body of Trump supporters with weapons. And those people um, were the ones who are now congealed by the time the 2020 election came into a body of resistance. And then the political component of that, the Republican Party completely flipped in support of Donald Trump. And then, you know, they all became Titus, T-I-T-U-S, mm -hmm. the Trump insurgency in the United States. And they planned conspiracy all throughout November and December 2020, and then collectively thought that they would overthrow the government January 6th, and that Donald Trump would go to the Capitol against the Secret Service's wishes, march down to the well of a building that had been seized, where people might have been and most likely would have been murdered, where fires might have been set, bombs might have gone off. People would have invariably gum, got their guns that were hidden blocks away from the building, and he would have declared himself king of America. And I'm not joking about this. That apparently is what the committee is building up to, that he would have declared himself the winner of the election, and he would have used these people to cow everyone and would have seized the, you know, the, uh, the ballots. And we would have had to have decided whether the United States was in armed rebellion and whether the army would have to turn out to retake the American government. We have dodged a big, big bullet. The problem is this can all happen again. Right, right, right. So th this is why this is so scary. <laughs> um, and, and when you talk about um, how close we came, I mean, I think that on January 6th, when you're watching in real time, you have no real um, capacity or awareness to see all of the angles. So when there was more video coming out, more um, surveillance video, um, more uh cell phone video from inside you saw just how close people came to getting to mike pence to getting to chuck schumer getting inside of the chamber where when members are inside um, mitt romney nearly lost his life eugene goodman saved mitt romney's life um right. you know when you when you look back at it now you see how close we came on the day of it was hard to see why has it been so easy though even despite all of that, what we've learned since the day for the Republicans, and this is where fascism sort of comes into play here. And we were talking to Jason Stanley recently about how fascism works, because this is the name of one of his books. Um, and it, it really feels like the lying is a big piece of it, right? Because they've rewritten the entire history of what has happened on that day. Right. And I think that also... Um, you know, that's facilitated by the fact that in some ways, as you're saying, we collectively, I think, misunderstand what happened on that day. It was an armed insurrection with a goal and a purpose. It wasn't random. Right. There's nothing random about any of this. I just, you know, like I outlined and the committee is showing this was an enormous conspiracy. And these people had conferences, meetings, coordination emails, um, Facebook posts to where they went from the top person, Donald Trump, his chief of staff, his chief of staff was one of the top conspirators in this. 
right? Organizing states to create a fake electoral system in order to defraud the United States and to claim legally enough, you know, um, gray area that they could seize power. It's offensive to me. I spent my entire life defending the Constitution of the United States. I want you to think about that if it had achieved its goal, whether the United States National Guard and the United States Army would have had to have taken back power by force for the first time in history, or that the Speaker of the House might have been held hostage. You know, I'm going to tell you something I mentioned very early on the night of this event, and I, and I, and I, I don't think the media has picked up on it very well. The top three people in the chain of secession, okay? Um, the top three people in the chain of secession, uh, uh, if Donald Trump was incapacitated, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, the Vice President of the United States, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, and the, and the Chairman uh, uh, or the President of the Senate pro tem, were all in that building. Yep. And if yep. they had been killed or incapacitated, Donald Trump would have been the sole constitutional power alive in America. Think about that. What if that was his plan? I mean, we played the tape of Steve Bannon on October the 31st, 2020, that Mother Jones uh, leaked, uh, released this week, um, basically saying that. That Trump on the election night at 10 o'clock was going to come out and said he won, even if the numbers weren't in his favor. And then, then he was going to declare himself king. Right. King, you know, exactly what we rebelled against in 1776, right? This is so absolutely dangerous. And the reason that, that I wrote the book is, is that the insurrection is line one, chapter one. Mm. That's, the, that's the beginning of this story. The party has been taken over by crazy QAnon people. QAnon talk of liberals and, and blacks and Latinos as dangerous, evil, zombie-like people who need to be eliminated using eliminationist rhetoric, such as the day of the rope, which is the day they're supposed to go around and hang liberal bodies from trees, which was, by the way, part of the plot to kill the governor of, of Michigan at one point, all that talk, and all the rest of their... They're strategizing of going and getting their guns and becoming the quick reaction force to take over Washington, D.C. When I mentioned there, by the way, you, you asked about the four phase, the, the five phase strategy uh, related to um, related to how um, they intended to you know, come back into power. The first thing that happened is they did not they executed the deny strategy mm -hmm. right after january 6th they denied it ever happened they denied it was serious they denied donald trump had anything to do with it they denied donald trump had any uh, ability to be held accountable because he was no longer president of the united states deny 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 right but then you come back to where they are going to avenge everyone right who crossed them this thing hasn't played out yet i talk about how they are primarying Liz Cheney and all those things. That's not what they mean when they say they're going to get revenge against people. They literally, like the guy who uh, came and made that statement in Oregon when he said, they stole an election. When do we get to use our guns? And no, I'm serious. When do we get to start killing people? That's what, that's what they mean when they talk about vengeance. You know, so they don't mean just sideline our political enemies and not allow them to come to our parties.
They're talking about harmful, lethal violence against their political enemies. And now, since this committee hearings are going to turn out to be a wonderful little report and piece of television, and our Justice Department doesn't appear that the defense of democracy is on their priority list at all. They're acting like a bunch of GD lawyers, okay, who are taking a look at it. America was attacked, and only the lowest level people were held to account. Mm. Everyone else who was a conspirator, and a, a conspirator and a plotter could be back in power this November if the Republicans win the House or the Senate, and all of this will be thrown into a shredder, and it will act, they will act like it never happened, and that the attack on the Capitol was actually an act of brave, faithful patriotism, and the investigation was treason. So how, what, what do we do? Because we've never been here before, but other places have. So is there a way for us to go forward to one, hopefully prevent a Jan January 6th event or uh, obviously all of the, the day of the hanging you mentioned, obviously want to avoid that. Um, yeah. So, so what are, what are the solutions? What do we do? Well, you know, I like to bring this, 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 clip from the, the TV show, The Handmaiden's Tale, mm. where in the pre-Handmaiden era before this evangelical, radical, terroristic, uh, rape condoning nation uh, takes power, uh, the, the heroine is in going to her office after mm -hmm. being harassed, getting coffee, and her boss announces to all the women, please gather up your stuff and put them into a box and you will be escorted back to your homes. And they're, the women are offended. They go, well, what are you talking about? Where did this all come from? And he says, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. It's the law. And the woman says, what laws? Yep. She didn't pay attention to the yes. fact that the nation was declaring laws, not even incrementally, in their face. And the next scene is that they're finally protesting it in the street and they are gunned down and right. mass murdered in mass. Because your chance to do something is over. You are now a victim of a totalitarian state that doesn't care about human rights, that allows, that's the handmaiden's tale, right? Right. We are in the what laws phase. Right. No, so, done. So, <laughs> so Malcolm, women and men. You're citing the scene that I literally, I have a joke. That if they if they come to tell me that my credit card can't work or that I can't be employed because I'm a woman, then I need to leave. So that you're citing that we're in the moment where I always used to say, well, if we ever reach that moment, I'm going to look for an exit <laughs> strategy. Mm -hmm. We're there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we well, no, we're not at that point. <laughs> but, you know, the one thing that could um, the one thing that could really damage or stop all of this is the one thing that Vladimir Putin actually warned Donald Trump about. You know what that is? What? People power. Mm. People power. And this is uh, what we, you know, uh, what they called the re the color revolutions, like the orange revolution in Ukraine, where people just stood up, you know, with people that just stood up and said, that's it. We don't care what you say in government. We don't care about our elected representatives. Hundreds of thousands of people turn out in the streets. But you know what? I've noticed that on the Democratic side, on the progressive side, we don't do that anymore. We don't care. We're not like, you know, the, um, 
uh, we're not, um, you know, like the people in Greece or South Korea or Spain, that when they get riled up, they'll turn out a million people. Mm. They'll turn out a million people on a dime all wearing the same color T-shirt, right? Uh, we don't do that anymore. The last time that was done was the Women's March. Right. Back in, what was that, 2017, January 2017. And that immediately collapsed into infighting because everyone wanted to be in charge of everything. Right. Right? So um, we need to understand that this November 2022 could be the end of it all and that we mm. need to come forward and be on guard for everything. But you know what we really need? And I hate, I spoke to some people in Indivisible. I spoke to people in some of these large organizations. You know what they said? We're not doing anything but voter turnout. Good job. Do voter turnout. But you know what? If you capture the imagination of everyone in America by turning out to defend democracy, to say you will not let people seize control of government and take control of your bodies and your mind, you might get the attention of the 60% of people that don't vote. But no, we are our own worst enemy here. And my book is a final warning. This thing could go to civil war. And I don't say that lightly. I'm an intelligence professional. I don't even like using the words, okay? Mm -hmm. But we're at the point where apathy will win and then people will tell you to go get your stuff from your desk because laws were passed. And you will say, what laws? The laws that are eventually going to lead to violence or that are already having violence. I mean, it's a really, really important point. And it's it's so true what you said, um, reminding people about that um, scene in The Handmaid's Tale. It's the one that keeps me up at night. Um, the handmaid, you know, I always say that The Handmaid's Tale doesn't scare me because of the red outfits. The Handmaid's Tale scares me when they do the flashbacks and I see things that are happening in the flashbacks that have already happened here or ha are are like about to happen. Or like you said, um, you know, could be in the very near future where they're telling us women are not allowed to work anymore. Just go be home in the pregnant and be pregnant at home in the kitchen. Um, your credit card has stopped working because there's yeah. a law that you don't even know about that's been passed. Um, yeah. Malcolm, we, we don't have any more time. But I'm, I'll be talking to you again about the book very shortly. Um, so it's it's always great to have you. You scared the crap out of all of us. Um, but this is the, the good kind of scaring because it gets us hopefully activated um, to protect our democracy. So I hope the people that are out there that were focused on voter engagement, all of that is important. But if we don't have a democracy, it doesn't matter if you registered millions of voters, does it? One last thing, Zerlina. The title, They Want to Kill Americans... The they is your neighbors. Yeah. Oh, it's so scary. You're welcome. So scary. That's <laughs> like I mean, now we just got to go to break job, and well. and just you know just keep going on with our day. I I don't want to be afraid of my neighbor. My neighbor is a very nice older black woman with a very cute dog, um, and so maybe she'll be on she'll she'll be on the same team as me. But I'll have to look and see what some of my other neighbors are 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 about see if they have any signs in their yards or anything. Malcolm Nance, the book is They Want to Kill Americans. You should, absolutely should pick it up. You should read all of Malcolm's books. They um, are written before the things happen. It's kind of incredible. Um, and unfortunately, you know, you don't get enough credit for predicting pretty much everything that's occurred um, in the last five years. But I, I want to make sure to be able to do that this morning. So Malcolm, thank you so much. It was thank great you. to have you on as always. 
Thanks for listening to Mornings with Zerlina. Check in for new episodes every weekday.